The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Is it truly possible for you to switch off when you're on holiday, to remove yourself from the workload that you're used to, your daily to-do list and the world online generally. Well, I'm joined in studio by Dr. Tara Logan, Chartered Senior Psychologist at the Connolly Counselling Centre, who has been telling me that this is now a very big issue. Tara, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Um, How big is it? I mean, are people finding it very difficult to leave it all behind? Absolutely. So recent kind of studies have shown that out of two out of every five people actually aren't taking their full annual leave entitlement every year because of absence anxiety is what we call it. And there's two reasons for this is, first of all, absence anxiety is about everything is going to go wrong while I'm away from my position. And the second part of that is that when you are away, the stuff that you're going to return to, those mountain of emails, those overdue tasks, all of those things that are just putting added pressure on you while you're away. So uh, the the second bit first, if you are someone who's got to handle your own stuff, I mean, if you're self-employed or if you are a, a key employee and you know nobody's going to be answering these emails while I'm away, It's a sunny morning. I'm on the beach. I've got my phone. Sure, I might as well get them out of the way. So the problem with this is it snowballs, because if you reply to one email, you're going to reply to another. And then what's going to start happening is you're going to start getting ping, ping, ping. And all those emails are going to start coming back to you. So a few things is if you are self-employed and you do have to, you need to be extremely boundary. So the first thing I say to anybody in this, whether you're self-employed or not, is that out of office reply needs to be boundaried. It needs to have the times you're away, the dates you're away, who to contact in case of apsism, who to contact in emergency. And if there's anything that you typically have scheduled in your week, like a meeting or a call or a podcast that you put into that out of office, this is not happening during these times. What I would say is look at your emails for a specific time in the day. So you pick a very short and sweet time. It might be 10 minutes. I would always say do this after close of business, particularly at night time, so people can't reply to you in that moment if you do have to reply to certain emails. And what I would say as well is if you are self-employed, you only reply to the ones that cannot wait. So if something can wait till next week, don't even bother with it. And they should know with the automatic reply that you are not in the office. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, My technique would always be at the after close of business to look at everything and then to designate the things that I need to reply to and do that first thing in the morning and then switch off the phone. Yes, absolutely. If you <laughs> can switch off, yeah, Absolutely. If you can switch off the phone or I say to everybody, disable the notifications. Like if you have someone that has Slack on your phone, that's work. Just literally get rid of the app for just that week if you possibly can. I know that's not, not everybody's able to do that given the position that they're in. But if you're someone where you can delegate your tasks before you go to another employee, literally get everything off of that phone because it's just so, so simple to go in and click and then sure, the second you do that, you're going to look at everything. It's not realistic, obviously, for people to have uh, two phones to fund two phones, one Mm. specifically for work. Sometimes work provides people with a phone and uh, that's possible to do. Maybe in, you know, this era of one phone, two SIMs in the phone or e-SIMs that you might be able to provide a, uh, you know, a special number, your domestic private number for your pals and for Mm. your family and keep the other number for work. But that's uh, down to people whether they can do this Technically. Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. There's a few other things that people can do as well. Is It's preparing before you go. That's a massive thing. Preparation. Not being afraid to delegate tasks. I always say, leave your ego at work. Other people can do the task. And I always say, look at it as a learning curve. If you don't feel someone else can do it, that's a really great learning for them to try to give them a task and to hand it to them to be able to do that as well. I remember being told something years ago and it really hit me and it stuck with me. It was, Tara, you are completely replaceable. 
And I was like, oh, wow, I actually am. <laughs> if I leave my job or something happens in the morning yeah. time, I'm a replaceable being. And I think sometimes we put this pressure on ourselves that we're not replaceable, that work, everything is going to go so wrong when we're not there. And what I say as well is, if something's going to go wrong, it will go wrong. You thinking about it going wrong isn't going to prevent it happening. <laughs> yeah. Now, this question, though, of the anxiety. So you do all the things that Tara recommends. You switch mm. off the phone or only use it for minutes every day. But then you're lying on the sun lounger and you're worried. Mm. You're thinking of it. You cannot leave work behind. What then? What I would start to say in that is if it's having that much of an impact where you're stressed or anxious, you're losing sleep and you're continuously worrying about your workload and you can't leave that behind. I personally believed that's crossed a, b- a boundary, that's crossed a personal line. And it means that you really need to take a step back because if you're continuously in that threat based system, that's going to lead to probably burnout. You're not going to be able to be yourself. And also, Long term, that creates an awful lot of mental and physical illness in the body. What I always say is if there's any job that's impacting your physical or mental well-being, you need to take a step back from that because no job is worth that at all at all. I know it can be very hard to switch off, but remember that in work, we do need to switch off once every three months. That's kind of the time frame that we say. And also, if we can't do that, we're then not reaching our full potential because annual leave and holidays are for completely physical and mental switch off so that we can recharge our batteries. Now, you're talking about the person who comes back from a holiday and say, God, I need a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I would say maybe have a look at what you're doing on holidays. Are you being mindful on your holiday? Are you doing things that's regenerating yourself or are you tiring yourself out while you're on holiday? So I think it's about getting also that fine balance between those two things as well. I think sometimes we overdo it on holidays because we feel we have to. Yeah, well, that that for some people, that is a holiday. You yeah, know, that's be, true. Being yeah. permitted to overdo it and not having to get up early in the morning and all the rest of it. Um, people have anxieties about lots of things, though. You know, that, that business, well, I'm going on holiday, uh, but um, Mary from Accounts is taking over me. She's very good. Mm. You know, and, uh, you know, in this era of tech change and people being laid off and so on, people, you know, they might say, uh, I'm right to be worried. Yeah, well, I would ask myself, well, where are those worrying stem from? So for me like that, that would be maybe coming from an insecurity. So worried, am I afraid I'm going to lose my job because I'm handing everything over to Mary in accounts? She's a little bit better than me. It's kind of like taking a step back and saying, OK, are these thoughts actually rational or are they irrational? Because if we're someone who has insecurities or we're based in that kind of anxious kind of mindset, some of our thoughts aren't going to be rational. And we kind of pick things out. So I would always say, challenge your thoughts, check the facts. Where is your evidence that Mary from Accounts is actually better from you? Is this just a thought that you're having? Like, where is your actual evidence and your proof? Because if she was, then why would you be in your role? It means that you're also capable of doing your role. And I think we forget about that. Yeah. Now, the the issue then, if you're constantly living this uh, state of high anxiety about your employment, whether you're at home in Ireland or whether you're overseas, what does that do to you then? You, 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 do, you, do you become guilty of just turning up, you know, presenteeism where you just show up at the office because you're so terrified to be out of the office. Yeah, that's what happens. People literally don't take annual leave because they're too afraid of leaving. They're too afraid of someone else can't do the work. I can't handle the amount that I come back with. If you're someone that feels like that, the very first thing I would say is please speak to someone and seek support. So most employers have an employee assistant programme or they might have, for example, a life coach. Um, Go and speak to them and have a conversation because if that's how you feel, something is amiss there. 
there, there is a, a, a line that's after being crowded because you should be able to switch off from your work and be able to move away from it. It, it used to be said in RTE and I never did the kind of the research required to, to mirror this but when I, I worked there they used to say that uh, all the senior people they checked out when the Director General was gone on holidays and they went too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Things so, didn't need to be done. <laughs> so, so that meant that there was no kind of um, Machiavellian stuff going on while they were away. They were all away at the same Thank time you. with uh, one person designated to mind the shop Yes, uh, when assuredly uh, nothing would happen. Now, some of the texts coming in and WhatsApps. Uh, before mobile phones, the boss had to designate someone as the acting boss with full authority. It wasn't just a proper holiday for the boss. It also gave great career development to people who were on the way up. But now the suggestion here is that the boss is still in charge because mm. the boss has the mobile phone oh. and will keep an eye on things. Uh, what happens if taking time off is known to be detrimental to your career in your workplace? And it's expected, uh, even when you're out of office, that you are meant to be contactable. What I would say to that is that no employer should be able to put that on somebody. That's an extra pressure. That is something that literally will cause massive amounts of anxiety. Even when you're reading that to me, I have this like anxious thing in my stomach kind of going, wow, the amount of pressure that puts on. If that's something that's expected of you, I would really take a step back and think, is this something that I actually want for my life? Is this something that I can live with? Am I able to have this continuous pressure? Personally, for me, I know that's not something I'll be able to and that no employer should be able to put that on to somebody or expect you to be contactable outwards. And that's why there is employment law out there. I know that something was passed quite recently where you aren't contactable outside of your working hours and that's not you're not expected to be, particularly when we moved to remote during the COVID pandemic, that actually, no, I'm not meant to do additional hours. No, I'm not contactable. These are my office hours, etc. Different if you're working flexible and you agree those at your employer. So I would really take a step back and look at that because that's not what's meant to be expected. Now, the right to switch off. I mean, yeah, it would be great if there was if that was kind of chapter and verse for everybody. Well, well, that's it. If we think about it, if you're an employer and you expect your employees to work like that, that's not consistent. You can't do that for a long period of time. So what's going to happen to those employees? They're going to reach burnout. And we all know once you reach burnout, you're no good, not only to your employer, to yourself, to your family, your own mental health is infected. Yeah, and, and you might be let go anyway. Absolutely. If you're not 100%. performing. And the thing is, we do know about some of these companies where they kind of have an average workload of about three years of people because this is exactly what they expect of people. Uh, more texts coming in. Uh, Louise in Sutton says, a great segment. I'm having all of these fears magnified by 100 at the moment as I'm getting ready to go on maternity leave. Oh, yes. Now, yeah. that must be a common thing that people know they'll be gone at least for six months and possibly longer if they take unpaid leave. And they're wondering, you know, what happens in my absence? Someone going to take over my job, do it better than me, da, da, da. I get my position back, but have I lost my place in the pecking order? This is a really, really hard one and something we come up a lot of the time with maternity leave. What I would say with this is these are very, very normal thoughts to have with something like this when we do have to go away for a long period of time. Think about it as a sense that you need a break. You need to be there for you. You're entering a chapter of your life where you're going to be blessed with a newborn baby. Think and focus on the really positive things in your life. And what tends to happen is when people do go out on maternity leave and they have the job, they start to realise that actually this is far more important than me than actually my job, even though it mightn't feel like that at the moment. But it's priorities. If your child becomes ill, 
you know mm. immediately where your priority is. hundred percent. You know, the job, yeah. to help with the job. Yeah. I've got to get my child better. That's it. And that's what I say to everyone. A job at the end of the day is a job. We are now living where it's an employee's kind of like market. There is a lot, a lot of employment opportunities out there. And what I always say as well is, is just remember, please don't cause anxiety due to your workplace because it's just not worth it. It, it really, really isn't. If your mental health gets impacted, remember your mental health should be your number one priority because every single thing else, once that goes, also goes. So if your mental health is impacted, that means family life. It means your job is impacted. It means your relationships are impacted. Mm. Uh, some wisdom from Niall uh, via WhatsApp. Anyone who believes work is the be all and end all is deluded. If they believe colleagues in work are important and actually care, bar one or two close friends, they are also deluded. Life is short and in the end only family and a very small circle matter. Earn enough money to live a nice life, that's all you need. If uh, significantly more money comes at the cost of too much time, emotional drain or mental health issues, then that money's not worth it. Some people have no choice but to earn what they earn, but many earn way in excess of what they need at the expense of their well-being. They pass through life in a daze. That's true. And it's one of the reasons we see um, high divorce rates as well is because one person in particular will go out and overwork, may not necessarily may make more money, but that they put so many hours in because they need to beat the provider. And what ends up happening is that causes massive relationship difficulties. And it is one of the leading reasons as why divorce happens. Now, uh, it's holiday time. Many mm. people in exactly the situation we're talking about at the moment about to head off. Uh, your advice, finally, your tips. Yeah, my tips would be, first of all, preparation is key. So making sure that you prepare yourself if you're someone who does get anxious while you're away, that you've everything kind of tied up a week or two before you go. You hand over everything. If you need to write out summaries, make sure that everyone knows where a report needs to be, what they need to do. Delegate, delegate, delegate. Do not be afraid to delegate things. As someone said, see it as a learning opportunity for someone that might be below you. They might learn an awful lot from it. As I said, leave your ego at work. Someone else can do it for you. Just leave it there. The temptation, you're there. Uh, oh, I'll just WhatsApp them. How's it going? Absolutely do not. Do not. Absolutely not. Have The boundaries is the most clearest thing. Have boundaries with all of your teammates before you go that please, I'm only contactable if something is literally falling apart. This is the number you can contact me on and I'm only contactable either on phone or text message or WhatsApp. Absolutely nothing else. What about, and this is happening all the time, that your colleagues are slaving away in your absence and you send them an Instagram with a cocktail <laughs> and the view <laughs> and the sand, and the lovely meal. <laughs> Should you do that just for the na 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 na? Uh, or does it kind of indicate to them you have switched off? I personally wouldn't be contacting work or work colleagues at all, with, at all, with absolutely because you never know if there's something in she the She doesn't office. care about us. She never thinks yeah. she's off on holidays. She doesn't care. That's it. And literally when you come back, then you can do the WhatsApp photo load. You can do the Instagram load and say, this is what my holiday was like. And it can be great for a cup of coffee in the morning that you're back to have a chat about it. Uh, this one, I'm so worried about my wife and her work pressure affecting her health. Is there someone she can talk to? Absolutely. So what I would say in that case is the very first protocol is, um, is does she have awareness of this? Is she open to talking to someone about it? If so, check with work. You can also check if you have private health insurance. Do they have something through that? And look for a therapist to speak to someone for support in around this. This is a massive area at the moment and we're seeing more and more people come to us looking for support in this because it is impacting people's health dramatically. So I would always start with is there an employee assistance program? Do you have private health insurance? Is there a therapist that you can go and speak about this or yeah. support from family? See, a lot of people won't want to tell their employer they're suffering from these kind of anxieties. The great thing is that the employee assistance program is confidential. 
So you don't have to tell them what you're going for, anything like that. And it means that if you do need to take time off in the future due to something work related, you have that support network there for you. As my old dad used to say, says this uh, WhatsApper, graveyards are full of indispensable people. Yes. So there you are. Dr. Tara Logan Buckley, a Chartered Senior Clinical Psychologist at the Connolly Counselling Centre. Tara, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.